Man, that sunset is gorgeous. Grill, patio, sunset. Hard to get better than that. Unless you're browsing Carvana's inventory while you soak it all in. Oh, burger time. So sit back, get comfortable. Carvana's got thousands of cars under $20,000 just waiting for you. I could stay here forever. Carvana, where car buying meets comfort meets convenience. Download the app or visit Carvana.com today. Folks, we're teetering on what could be an economic meltdown, threatening to wash away our savings and retirement. Inflation has surged to levels unseen in 40 years. Gold is the smartest and most responsible investment you can make for you and your family in times like these. A safe haven asset that protects your purchasing power and your wallet from inflation. When it comes to protecting your IRA or 401k, trust only the best. My friends at Allegiance Gold. Allegiance Gold has earned the highest trust ratings in the precious metals industry and builds relationships based on integrity, expertise, and impeccable service. Get up to $5,000 in free silver on a qualifying purchase when you visit protectwithlou.com today or give them a call at 844-6484-LOU. Don't wait. Take control of your retirement today. Call 844-6484. 84-L-O-U and speak with one of their experts. Time is of the essence. Protect your future with Allegiance Gold. Visit protectwithlou.com or call 844-648-4LOU. Hello, everybody. I'm Lou Dobbs. Welcome to The Great America Show. It's great to have you with us. House Speaker Mike Johnson's time as Speaker may soon be coming to an end. Conservatives in the House are seemingly getting more frustrated by the day about the Speaker's willingness to cave to the Marxist Dems. Johnson has reportedly been working with Chuck Schumer on a $1.7 trillion spending bill that would give the Marxist Dems literally everything they want in the bill, including $66 billion for Ukraine, $6 billion in emergency funding to Customs and Border Protection to process illegal immigrants faster, $2 billion in emergency funding for Immigration and Customs Enforcement, and almost $800 million for U.S. citizenship and immigration. It is the latest appropriations bill that has the House Freedom Caucus and Congresswoman Marjorie Taylor Greene absolutely fuming. Listen to her on the subject of Speaker Johnson. Mike Johnson should not be going in there with Chuck Schumer and saying, oh, yeah, yeah, we're going to make this deal where 5,000 illegal aliens, not migrants, cross the border every damn day so you can get $60 billion over to Zelensky, the most corrupt president in the world right now, because Ukraine is not the 51st state. Every day Mike Johnson gets closer and closer to this deal brings me closer and closer to vacating the chair because I have absolutely had it. Sounds like someone who isn't messing around. Speaker Johnson asked Friday if he was worried about, well, being removed. No, I'm not worried about that at all. I just met with all those guys. They're, they're close friends in, of mine, and we agree on the principles. Look, I, I am a lifelong, hardcore conservative. I, I want to get as many policy wins as we can. I want to advance the ball as far as we can. But the reality is we have a small majority. So um, in, a, in a situation like that, you're not going to get everything you want. You, you get what you can get. And uh, we've been trying to negotiate to make that happen, and we're going to continue. And we're going to keep the team together. It's just another day at the office. Former Speaker Kevin McCarthy was asked that same exact question back in late September. Even if 
you can afford to lose some of those conservative members, do you worry that someone, because any one of them could, would bring a motion to vacate? Not at all. Worried about losing your Not at all. Not at all. And about a week after that interview, McCarthy was gone, vacated by Congressman Matt Gates, ultimately fired. And this should be a warning to Mike Johnson that if you make one-sided deals with the Marxist Dems, you will be fired. But apparently, he doesn't believe it yet. Perhaps Johnson should take a page out of the book of President Donald Trump, the most successful politician of all time in 2018. The Republicans were in a similar situation, facing a potential government shutdown, and of course, border security was a major issue. President Trump sat and looked at Senator Schumer right in the eye and told him, He will own the government shutdown in order to make certain that the cartel-run southern border is finally secured. You've said it. Okay, you want to put that on my... You've said it. I'll take it. Okay, Okay, good. You know what I'll say? Yes. If we don't get what we want, one way or the other, whether it's through you, through a military, through anything you want to call, I will shut down the government. Okay, absolutely. Fair enough. And we I am disagree. proud, and I'll we tell you disagree. what, I am proud to shut down the government for border security, Chuck, because the people of this country don't want criminals and people that have lots of problems and drugs pouring into our country. So I will take the mantle. I will be the one to shut it down. I'm not going to blame you for it. The last time you shut it down, it didn't work. I will take the mantle Good. of shutting down. And I'm going to shut it down for border but we security. Believe you sh- I think all Republicans could learn a few things from President Trump, certainly, especially when it comes to negotiating. Our guest today is Tom Fitton, president of Judicial Watch. And Tom, great to have you with us. Tom, it seems like I of late have had to begin nearly every interview by complimenting you and congratulating you and Judicial Watch on your latest achievement. It's remarkable how much effort you put into your job as a government watchdog and the magnificent results you're getting. Looking out for the American people, watching over this government, and I thank you personally, and certainly I thank Judicial Watch. Well, we're happy to do the work, and what's frustrating is it's it's not rocket science, and we just wish more would do what we're doing, especially those in responsible positions of government power. Well, it's right now, speaking truth to power is a very important thing because certainly the Congress is not succeeding in doing so, despite its, no question, historically low uh, margin uh, of uh, control of the House. But still, it seems the Republican Party in large measure has lost its way when they should be the party of the loyal opposition and doing far more than they are doing, uh, with the exception of the investigating committees of the of the judiciary, the oversight and ways and means committees. It's uh, you know, it's it's uh, it's not it's not pleasant to watch a weak leadership doing uh, doing few things, in my judgment, correctly. Your thoughts on Mike Johnson, uh, if, if I can start there. Uh, you know, Speaker Johnson is the first conservative movement activist to be Speaker of the House. You know, that's no small feat. Right. Uh, so, you know, my 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 instinct is to be, uh, you know, to give him a chance and breathing room. But, you know, as president of Judicial Watch, I got to call it as I see it. And what I see is what an, what an effect is a plan which has been consistent with prior speakers to fully fund everything we hate, including the invasion of the United States, the uh, destruction of our Republican form of government rule of law with these targeting 
uh, with these prosecutions of President Trump and other innocents, the censorship of Americans, et cetera. And I'm not seeing any willingness by Speaker Johnson to say, I'm not going to fund X, Y, or Z and pick one. And um, and I understand the challenges of doing that. And maybe he doesn't succeed or not. But, you know, I don't know about you, but I wouldn't be able to vote for uh, to fund uh, Joe Biden moving millions of illegal aliens to every town in America. I, I just can't imagine why this has happened. And it's consistently happened over the last year or two. Republican, the Republican controlled House has complained about all this illicit activity by Biden while at the same time fully funding it. Now, maybe they can square those two issues. I can't. And so I don't think they deserve an out on that. Yeah. Uh, and I agree with you. And he goes down to the border with 60, apparently 60 representatives in tow with him and acts as if it's the first time that he's understood that there is a crisis in the country, even though we've had 10 to 12 million illegal immigrants brought into this country in the course of three years from the day that Joe Biden took over. Uh, and they keep talking about two and a half million, three million. We all know the numbers are vastly larger than that. Uh, and we also know uh, that this uh, speaker uh, then uh, subsequently, uh, subsequent to that visit, says uh, the border is an issue we'll die on. Uh, that isn't the way to, to that's I hate the rhetoric. Uh, I do, I guess, like the sentiment, but he put it in the most negative terms possible. And by the way, every time he said anything approaching that, uh, he has uh, relented and withdrawn uh, from the issue rather than going up to, to take that hill. Uh, yeah, so, you know, so I don't it, know what to make of it. Yeah, you know, and and it's not like we're getting any fiscal benefits for giving up on these policy issues. Not that they say they don't say they're giving up, but they're essentially setting up a situation where it's impossible for our policy um, desires to pass, mainly address these crises. I mean, it'd be one thing to say, well, we don't have the votes for a border, but I tell you, we're cutting the budget by twenty percent because inflation's destroying the land. Yeah, so it, exactly. it's 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 like I'm trying to see where the winds are here. For those of us who have a conservative outlook and are concerned about the future of the republic. And to me, we don't have any time to waste. This is not like, oh, we can get to the border next year or we can get to the jailing of Trump next year. Well, if you don't do it with it now, you, there may not be a next year, practically speaking, in terms of being right. able to deal with any of this in terms of having a, a functioning republic. And you you couldn't be more right. And this time uh, it is not, uh, there's just no uh, element here of figurative speech. Uh, with this election on November 5th, 2024, uh, we're going to decide whether or not we have a republic or not. Uh, I truly believe that, Tom. Uh, if Donald Trump is not reelected and in charge of this government on January 20, uh, 2025, this country is it will be in deep, deep. And I, I'm afraid mortal crisis because th this is a takeover of the federal government by the Marxists. It is a takeover following have they're having taken over the Democrat Party. Uh, there is nothing happening in Washington, D.C. right now in the executive branch that is remotely positive and in the national interest or the interest of the American people, do you think? I mean, we've got this corruption and this abuse of power, right, which is troubling as it is. And then you've got this collapse of our the national command structure of the United States military uh, with 
Defense Secretary Austin being AWOL effectively for a week without his colleagues knowing about it, the ones who are responsible, namely the president, the national security advisor, and his top deputy. Right. I mean, that that's downright scary. Well, it is scary, and uh, it's going to get scarier, folks, because Tom Fitton, the president of Judicial Watch, and I are going to be talking about what Judicial Watch is doing uh, in addition to filing a $30 million uh, wrongful death and negligence lawsuit against the U.S. government in behalf of Ashley Babbitt, uh, her estate, uh, and her uh, and her uh, husband. Uh, we're going to take up all the other uh, initiatives undertaken by Judicial Watch to try to save this republic. Stay with us. We're coming right back. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. CarMax is putting peace of mind back in car shopping by putting you in the driver's seat to find a ride that's right for you. Because at CarMax, we believe you shouldn't just settle for a car. You should love your car. That's why every car we sell is CarMax certified quality so you can be sure with upfront pricing that's the same for every customer. So don't settle. Find love at first drive and start shopping now at CarMax.com. CarMax, the way car buying should be. We're back now. We're talking with Judicial Watch's Tom Fitton. And Tom, the lawsuit that you filed against the U.S. government uh, on behalf of Ashley Babbitt, it is it is stunning to me that not a single legislator, uh, representative of the House or Senate, anyone has taken up her cause over uh, this time since January 6. Uh, and thank you for doing so. And the, the information that you've already developed and revealed in your uh, the papers and filings that you've made, I, I, I think will astonish most Americans, don't you? Yeah, I think it's trouble. You know, I, I think it's troubling not only as president of Judicial Watch, but as a citizen who's obviously watched this as other Americans have. It's a thirty million dollar wrongful death lawsuit for Aaron Babbitt, his her widower and her state, and it shows that Lieutenant Michael Byrd, the U.S. Capitol Police officer who worked for Congress, the, the defendant is the federal government. You know, he's a federal employee in the end. Uh, you know, shot her without justification. I and I, I've talked to you about this before, Lewis. You know, I've watched the video repeatedly for obvious reasons. And forget about the lawsuit and all that. Just personally watching it time and time again, the first thing I think is, I can't believe he shot her. Yeah. I can't believe he shot her. I just yeah. can't believe it. And certainly any police officer or honest law enforcement official or frankly, you know, uh, alert citizen would see that's not a right, correct shooting. So we know the rules were all broken uh, that the U.S. Capitol Police had by Byrd in that shooting. Uh, we know separately that uh, after he shot her, uh, he issued a call on the radio, shots fired, shots fired, and suggested shots were being fired at him when, in fact, he was the only person who shot. 
So what was he doing then? Was he trying to create a cover or just further highlights the impropriety of what he had done? And then, of course, he had a record suggesting he should have been nowhere near that situation. He was, and by the way, he was incident commander there. So he was one of the top security officials at the, in the house that day. And he had left his loaded weapon in a bathroom in the Capitol Visitor Center, which is the major way visitors and tourists and such enter the U.S. Capitol complex. I don't know how long you lost the gun for, but it was found by someone else. And then secondly, he shot at his own car because some looks like some juveniles were trying to steal it. And, you know, that was a crazy shoot, too. Bullets were uh, went all over by by the account we understand happened. So uh, it, it, it was a, it was a horrible situation. And Ashley Babbitt was needlessly killed. And because her death um, and this, the reality of it uh, was harmful to the last January 6th narrative. Uh, uh, Lieutenant Byrd wasn't held accountable. He wasn't criminally prosecuted. I don't know whether he, you know, whether he should have been or not. We can't trust the Justice Department to have considered it fairly. That's for sure. Under Joe Biden, and yeah. then separate, separately, the U.S. Capitol Police, uh, the you know, the Pelosi operation there had no interest in holding him accountable either administratively. So it's up to us to do this through this lawsuit, and you know, Ashley deserves justice, and so that's what we're trying to achieve here. And good for you. And I, I think you're exactly right. There's more at work here, though, than simply a, a, a tragic shooting uh, and a misunderstanding about various aspects of it. You know, I did not realize he had sent out that radio call until I read your uh, your your filings that it had occurred that within one minute of that shooting, he is uh, coming up with a fictional cover. Uh, saying shots fired and he's prepared to uh, uh, to fire uh, in return. Uh, it, I mean, that's a bizarre thing to have happened, but it is also you don't have to be, um, you know, to, to me, you don't have to be a, a very uh, in, <laughs> diligent or uh, a brilliant uh, detective to say, you know, that looks like somebody's trying to cover something up. Yeah, and then you, yeah, and, yeah, and then, yeah. And then you go through, the, as you said, and as you go through this. He's put in a the the distinguished visitors uh, suite at uh, Andrews Air Force Base. I mean, this is designed for military, high military officers, and he's there not for a night, not for two nights, and not for any ostensible reason other than to keep him out of public view. And he's there for six months for crying out loud. Is there any explanation for that? Other than they wanted to keep him out of the public view and hide him from the, the media? Yeah, uh, it's a, it's incredible. Um, I remember, we didn't even know what his name, what, 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 what his identity was, you know, what his name was mm -hmm. until months after the shooting. Right. I mean, some folks had guessed who he was, but that wasn't official, you know, so you didn't know. And, and it was clear his identity was, uh, they tried to hide because if his identity became known, this other background information we were able to uncover, and certainly there was a story well known about him leaving the gun behind, uh, wouldn't have been helpful. So they tried to stall as long as they could. Um, and, in, in, you know, again, you don't have to be a detective, as you say. You don't have to be a, a, a police officer or a law enforcement official. We've all seen how we handle police shootings in this day and age, right? 
whether they're justified or seemingly unjustified. You don't want to be, you know, if you holster, if you unholster your gun and fire it and you're a police officer, you can you can expect significant investigation that did not occur for Lieutenant Byrd. It simply did not occur. And he was given um, a, a, a kid gloves treatment in a way no other officer would have been. And, you know, given the obvious circumstances of the shooting, uh, uh, he, sh- he should have faced a severe sanction. Yeah. Well, severe th- sanctions, uh, it looks to me now on the face of it uh, that uh, far more than sanctions is in order. Uh, we'll see as the as your case moves forward. I, w- I want to take up a, a number of issues with you on this and continue uh, on the Ashley Babbitt uh, case as well. I want to and I want to ask you next about all that we're learning now about the the relationship between the White House, uh, the Justice Department and the state prosecutors, whether it's Fannie Willis in uh, Fulton County, Georgia, or whether it is with the Manhattan District Attorney or the State Attorney General of New York, Letitia James, this looks like a, a concerted uh, cooperative uh, conspiracy to persecute Donald Trump. And uh, we'll take that up with with Tom Fitton, the president of Judicial Watch. Next, please stay with us. We're coming right back. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Welcome to Fail Better, David Duchovny's new podcast with Lemonada Media. On Fail Better, David, who has experienced both low- and high-profile failures throughout his life, explores the vast world of failure, how it holds us back, propels us forward, and ultimately shapes our lives. Each week, he'll chat with guests like Ben Stiller, Bette Midler, and more about how our perceived failures have actually been our biggest catalysts for growth, revelation, and even healing. Through these conversations, he hopes listeners can learn how to embrace the opportunity of failure and fail better together. Fail Better is out now wherever you get your podcasts. Back now with Tom Fitton. And and Tom, I, I just wanted to ask you, when, when the January 6th committee destroyed all of those documents and, and their investigation, do you suppose they also then would have had access and, and pertinent material to the shooting of Ashley Babbitt by Lieutenant Michael Byrd? Would that, could that have been within that evidence that they destroyed? That's a good question. That's a good question. Well, uh, it's just uh, one thing about I mean, why watching. wouldn't we conclude other? Why why would why yeah. should we conclude otherwise? I mean, you know, I was thinking one of the things that Johnson could do and and the House should do is they should retract the January sixth report that that Pelosi committee issued. Retract, retract it? it? Yeah, say it's That's invalid. It's not trustworthy. No one can rely on it. 
Yeah, that's a great idea. I, I think that's that's a splendid idea because it is absolutely it has the concomitant truth that uh, uh, it is all real and valid uh, to uh, to suspect everything that they did. Uh, and in that regard, I, I want to turn to the report in Politico that Fulton County's District Attorney Fannie Willis uh, not only apparently has uh, her some personal relationship, I'll put it that way, with her chief prosecutor. Uh, she also secretly meeting with the January 6th committee to get uh, whatever she was getting, whether it be orders or whether it be further evidence of something or some way to which she could create evidence. I, I mean, we're seeing it everywhere. Uh, the Justice Department going up to the Manhattan District Attorney's Office dispatched is, uh, uh, to, to serve there to uh, to persecute and prosecute President Trump. Also, Letitia James uh, going down to talk with the Justice Department, the White House counsel, apparently. I'm, I mean, if this isn't a conspiracy and a, and a collaborative uh, persecution of a president, I don't know what it would be. Your thoughts? Yeah, there's a, uh, I agree with you. Uh, there is a National Democratic Party conspiracy to jail Donald Trump and other political opponents of the Democratic Party. And part of it is to intimidate people from participating fully in the public policy process, meaning this, if we can do this to these people, we can do it to you. And what does that serve to do? It serves to ensure that fewer people might object again if the election is uh, questionable in 2024. They don't want Republicans or conservatives to participate under law in the debate about elections and election outcomes and the administration of elections. And so um, they um, uh, that's kind of like one of the meta issues there. And then, of course, you've got the direct issue was of they just want a one party state. And the way to achieve that is by jailing their political opponent or keep them keeping him off the ballot. See, that's how they run things in Russia and China. You don't you don't get to a vote. You know, you get a 96 percent vote for a candidate because no one's allowed to run against him. It's so you've got you've kind of got this general. We want to intimidate our opponents and we'll jail others by making the example of them. And then you've got the base one of, oh, well, we want to get this candidate out of the way. Yeah. And, and they're pursuing it uh, every minute of every day, uh, nonstop. Yeah, you know, Watergate, I, I think back to Watergate, and this was supposed to be a, a, a different country as a result of the following the uh, Watergate, the, uh, the church uh, committee uh, reports uh, an investigation. But Watergate is really nickels and dimes compared to what Joe Biden has done here, what the Marxist Dems have done. It all started with the uh, with the Hillary Clinton Russia colluding uh, rumors and that she started ginned up and created charges out of it uh, in 2016. And now here we are in 2024 and the Democrats are still ginning stuff up. Uh, it, it is outrageous. No, it really hasn't stopped. And, um, you know, Hillary obviously wants to be president still. So there's a reason she's still floating around. Uh, but it, it's kind of like two sides of the same coin, right? You know, there's one way to rig an election and one election campaign. 
and they're coming up with new ways. And as far as I'm concerned, the 2024 elections already been compromised by this election interference that I described right. with these illicit prosecutions of Trump. So the question is, is Trump, assuming he's the nominee, going to be able to overcome the compromised nature of the election and win? I don't know. Yeah, I, I, I don't I don't know either. I, unfortunately, I think there are very few people, if they do know, they're not raising their hands. Uh, your judicial watch again, d- discovering more emails under the aliases used by uh, Joe Biden. Uh, it's just remarkable what the man has done. Uh, all of this is just these are flares in, in the darkness telling every every one of us who this man is, what he is. And that's why it looks like he's going to he's going to be uh, impeached. They're going to proceed with it under this uh, under this House uh, led by Speaker Mike Johnson. Is, is that your sense of things as we wrap up here? Yeah, I think there I think there's enough to impeach him, impeach him for bribery and and, you know, other charges related to his um racketeering operation that he's been running for uh, probably since he's a senator, mm-hmm. uh, but certainly which has continued to the presidency. And we kind of saw, I mean, if that wasn't, uh, do you remember the good, remember Godfather when Al Pacino was testifying, well, uh, no, one of the whistleblowers was testifying and they brought his brother in from Italy. Right. And, you know, he changed his testimony. That's that's what that reminded me yesterday of Hunter Biden showing up. It was it was a mafia like operation that we saw in Congress yesterday by the Biden regime. And, you know, it used to be only in the movies, but there we saw it yesterday. Well, uh, Hunter Biden uh, and the Biden family are living a movie right now, uh, and uh, they now are, are without question. Uh, they're going to be hard pressed to sell many more tickets like they have sold over what it looks like about a half century, as you say. Uh, Tom Fenton, again, thank you for being with us. We appreciate your time and all that you're doing and for bringing us along on all the developments uh, that uh, are resulting from your tremendous work at uh, Judicial Watch. We thank you so much, Tom. Uh, God bless you. And, and thanks so much. You're welcome. Lou. Thank you. Thanks, everybody, for being with us today. Join us tomorrow for The Great America Show, and please join us for Lou Dobbs tonight on television now, each and every weeknight on Rumble, Twitter, Frank Speech at 7 p.m. And follow me on Twitter and Truth Social at Lou Dobbs. Thanks, everybody. God bless you, and may God bless America. America.